Thank you for joining us. Welcome back to our series from, brought to you from the Financial Planning Association Conference in Sydney. I'm joined with Conrad Travis. Thank you for joining me, Conrad. Great to be here. Now, you are from a business called Tangelo Consulting. Yeah, Tangelo Advice Consulting. That's correct. Yep. yep. Tell us a little bit about the business. So, we set up about three or four years ago. We've got a team of about five people who've all come out of the, the corporate advice world. Um, and we're compliance consultants. So, we support licensees B2B uh, around identifying their gaps. So, that could be people, policy, process and governance. And then kind of rolling our sleeves up and closing those gaps. So, it's really a practical compliance service to support licensees with what, what they need. Yeah, fantastic. And, you're, and, and licensees are the people that you're working with directly? Yeah, licensees and wealth businesses because there's a few wealth businesses trying to get into advice. So, we're, we're supporting both. Yep. yep, fantastic. And if people wanted to, to find somebody, how would they reach out to uh, to you? Yeah, so tangeloconsulting.com.au. Uh, we're also available on, on LinkedIn and you know happy to take a phone call anytime. Yeah, fantastic. Now, you ran a session uh, yes. or your team ran a session. Tell us a little, a little bit about the session that, you, that you've just come off stage from? Yeah, so we ran a session called Controlling the Controllables and looking at um, some practical tips around compliance. So we looked at it through a few different lenses. The first one, which is kind of interesting, is that um, in the last few years, we've found every single licensee that we know, even though we're focused on compliance, has people issues. So one of the things we say before we start with anything is, have you got the right people? Have they got role mandates in place? Do you do training? Do they understand why they're doing that? So we kind of covered that off first and there was a lot of questions about that and some of the um, attendees were talking about different things that had worked for them. And then we talked about process. So this is about um, you know, having a process document for everything that you do, trying to automate that as much as possible, so, so trying to take risk off the table. And then we, we had a long conversation about ongoing service and fixed term agreements as well as um, file construction, so how a file can tell a story. So that's one of the main points, Fraser, that just coming out of the session is Advisors are great at talking uh, to clients, but really bad at documenting it. So when uh, compliance people look at their file, they don't understand why they've recommended what they've recommended. So our number one tip would be, make sure when you're looking at your fact find, your SOA, your file note, that the whole thing works together as a story. So someone who didn't even know about advice could pick it up and go, I know why you've done what you've done. Yeah, it's a really interesting part. And we've done some conversations around the video statement of advice and, and being able to then... Uh, Say and and the, and some of the tips that came out of that were, were advisors are very good at saying or speaking the advice and yes. terrible at writing what. Yeah, actually like happened. you sort of ask them like, why did you do that? And they talk about it with passion about, oh, that client was you know an older client with dementia, so that's what. But then you don't see that on the file, so yeah. that's really what we're trying the, to say. The disconnect now, uh, compliance session, but a very interactive compliance session. Yes. Um, let's go back to the beginning, the 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 cultural, the people part of it. What sort of uh, were the tips and highlights around that that piece? Yeah, so the first thing is, um, have you got role mandates in place? Uh, the second one would be, have you got regular training in place? And one of the practical tips that we gave there was to have a lunch session every two weeks on uh, financial advice strategies, but to actually explain to the support staff why they've done what they've done. So we often find when we come into a practice, after they've sort of trusted us, the support staff will talk to us and go, I don't know what's going on or why I'm doing this. So it's that old story of like until you explain the why, they won't understand, what, you know, like the efficiency of what they're doing. Yeah, that's the key to the culture of any business, isn't it? To have Absolutely. people come along on the journey, the, the, the passion, the purpose, but understanding why why things are you doing it, but also why strategies and, and how those, like when you get into the interactive of 
certain strategies and understanding within a fire why something's been done uh, that everybody knows the benefit of those strategies. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, fantastic. And so uh, people were the first part, then you talk about process. So process, so again, process maps, um, and it's not that hard, you know, just jump in a room with a whiteboard and talk about, like, what do we, what do, we do for new clients? What are all the different steps involved in that? Uh, for a review meeting, who needs to be involved in the different steps of getting the client to come in, the follow-up, the product fulfillment component? And then putting that on a page and having everyone own and understand that. But then looking at via your CRM what you can do with workflows and automation to make sure that you, you kind of take risk off the table. So we, we asked the question in the room, how many people of you have done a, a process document? About half had done it. Um, but we said having something is better than nothing. So let's start on that journey so that you're actually also de-risking your practice. So if anyone gets uh, hit by a bus, you're in a much better position. Now, I want to ask you about where this lives because it's great to do it on a whiteboard uh, and then you, you know, or, you know, or get the post-it notes out and put little yeah, lines yeah, and, yeah. And, and have a bit of fun with it. But then when you do put that into a document and, and how do you then uh, like keep that so that you can recall it and everyone can see it, what do you suggest in that space? Yeah, like we've got um, clients who use Lucidchart, which is like sort of a, a way to take it from the whiteboard into an electronic version. So I would say yeah, that could be a good tool that you could use to go, these are the different steps and who, who owns at the different layers. But then beyond that, you probably want to look at an operating procedure that actually builds that out into more depth to say, what do those steps mean? So I'm not talking about a 15-page document, but something five or six pages that actually says, this is the step involved in that component. And then on the back of that, you can do some really good training with, um, with staff so they can understand exactly what your expectations are around that process yep. yeah. yeah now now easy easy to say when you love can when you love written documents um some advisors might not but i, I think that, that there is certainly a way that they can do that with regards to just recording a yes. conversation around like, what are the six points they need to make around that lucid chart or that visual yeah absolutely yeah whatever works for you but look the main point is do something like if you're in a place where you're using X plan, but you, some of your files are saved on your My Docs. This is what you picked up in your cyber piece, right? Yep. And you're using your email, and you're kind of bumbling along. Just take it to the next level about the things that you can control to to just lift the bar a little bit. I'm not saying go over and beyond, like from a compliance perspective, but just continual improvement. Yep. And then let's let's get into the. Or was there anything else on process? No, no, that was all good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And tell us about the third part. So ongoing service. Um, so we talked a lot about that. There was a lot of questions. So. There's a couple of components there. Firstly, make sure staff understand why it's really important. The second one is um, when you have a contractual arrangement with a client, try and limit it to like one or two services that you can actually show evidence of delivery of from a contractual perspective. If you have a whole lot of services that you deliver beyond that, put it in your marketing information, but don't sign up for that. And then make sure that your CRM proves delivery of those services within that 12-month period. It's interesting, isn't it, because it got really vague, didn't it? It was the, the, Let's just make it one thing and make it vague. Yeah, exactly. And have you seen that come back to bite practices? Uh, yeah, well, and, and this is the thing. that What ASIC is saying is that the review is the main service. So don't feel like you're not adding that much value if you've only got two services in that contract because the, the client is going to see the advisor as the, the main point of contact and, and, and the value of that relationship. What it says in the contract isn't that important, but from a remediation perspective, it's really important. And it's really important that when they have those interactions with clients and the review, that that's really well documented on their CRM. And a really practical tip is a lot of them have access to your advisor as one of the services. And what we would say is don't just rely on your 1-800 number. Actually have a contact in the CRM to say, I, I called this client and that provided, um, ticked off that requirement, if that makes sense. Yeah, okay. So... so um yeah, good, 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 good point. Access to uh, advisor, I think, <coughs> would would see that a lot. 
Um, how, how, what other things in there that you think that we should be very careful of? Yeah, well, the other thing is around um, fee disclosure statements. Uh, I know this is probably getting a bit technical here, yeah. but we, we found with, there's a report called RG636 where they went through the mid-tiers. They found 75% non-compliance. So this is a document that everyone's getting wrong. And the main reason is, like, one, GST and the way that um, the platforms treat that versus how we, we think of GST. And the second one is how revenue is produced from the revenue um, companies that feed into Explain or whatever your CRM system is. Yep. So our main advice there is to make sure your FDSs are accurate and correct to the actual fees charged by the client, allowing for timing differences. So if, for example, the fee comes out at the 13th of the following month, you want to be really careful if you're producing that report on the 30th of June to make sure that the, the FDS is accurate. So I know that's really kind of in the weeds, but it's really important. It, it is a big point. It's, it's a difficult one though. It is. It is. So some licensees, and I know this isn't great, but they'll go back to the fund manager record and go to the actual transaction before the document goes out to make sure it's correct. Yeah, that's a, that seems like, uh, again, from a process point of view, it's, it's, it's a long process. Uh, very difficult. Uh, and tell us a little bit about the, the, the engagement in the in the session that you had because I know a lot of people got involved and wanted to share things. Yeah, look, we need to think of a better name than compliance because as soon as you say compliance, like advisors look at their shoes. But really what we're thinking about is actually advice process and how to make you more effective and efficient. And so there's a lot of things that advisors can control right now that they're feeling just overwhelmed and fatigued about. So one is your attitude. So if you get an order and you don't like the outcome, there's a lot of like angst around that. So just thinking about flipping that from a growth mindset perspective and going, like, what could we learn from this? How can we improve our systems and processes? That's what the best practices are doing. The, the lowest performing practices are the ones that are getting like just lost in the mud of, I hate compliance, I hate Hain, I hate the regulators. And they're not wrong, but they're also, it's not going to help them. Um, deliver a great service for their clients, if that makes sense. Yeah, there's certainly a logical process with a, with an audit and then there's an emotional piece, isn't there? Correct, about, uh, correct Nobody exactly. likes to get a uh, bad marks or nobody likes to get, uh, um, you know, told that they're, they're not doing what they should be doing. It's kind of like a, a fear that comes across people. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But we need to break down the us and them component of that and actually just talk about, okay, on the back of the QAR, we've got a really good opportunity here to reduce the paperwork and focus on the so what. So... It's quite interesting that AFCA say that when they review SOAs, they can't actually find the advice. Isn't that fascinating? So, so I think on the back of the QAR and, and Michelle Levy saying, over to you, you determine how you want to document your advice. That is an unbelievable opportunity for us to go, this is how we want to document that, whether it's a video SOA, whether it's a six-page summary, um, to say, basically, what are you recommending? Why are you recommending it? And what are the next steps? That's yeah. what we need to really cover off. And all the other information... The analysis that you've done can sit on file, um, but that's a bit of a game changer if people get their head around that. I think all of those things are still valuable to the conversation. Absolutely. The clients want to actually know that information and, yeah. and to be able to uh, say that or put that in a, in a... I like to think of the idea that one day we'll actually have financial plans, not statements of advice. Absolutely. Um, that's my mission to try and get that. And uh, my other mission is to try and change good advice to professional advice. Um, those, are my, those are my tips. Hey, Conrad, thanks so much for coming in and chatting with us today. It sounds like your session was amazing. No I, problem. The feedback was really good. So, Great yeah, to see you, Fraser. Appreciate it. Take care, mate.